Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us and welcome if it is your first time. We explore the highways and byways of classic jazz. And today we're going to be listening to the output of a recording band uh, that was active in the 1920s. This was a group that did not, uh, as far as we know anyway, exist outside of the recording studio. They were brought in once a month or so for about a year to record a couple of tunes each time. Uh, and they were jazz tunes. Uh, or jazzy tunes, I should say, uh, because there was a market for those. These were white musicians who played in, in dance bands in New York um, between December of 1924 and November of 1925. And uh, together they were known as the Tennessee Tutors. And uh, they recorded for Vocalion Records. And they had some fairly well-known musicians that passed through their ranks. Uh, the personnel changed a bit over the course of the year, uh, but their main duty was to present versions of these hot jazz tunes or hot dance tunes that were being published. And thankfully, they had quite a bit of uh, freedom in order to uh, present these as jazz numbers. And so they improvised and did solos and so forth. And no vocals, which is even better on some of these tunes because the vocals tended in those days to be kind of heavy-handed. So we're going to start out with two tunes uh, that were done in 1924, December 1924 for the first one, and January 23rd of 1925 for the second, The Prince of Wales, a tune by Elmer Schobel from Chicago. And this was a tune that was recorded by the Wolverines shortly after Big Spiderbeck left the band. Uh, Jimmy McPartland was in it. Uh, and then we're going to go to a tune called Hot, Hot, Hot and Tot uh, by Fisher. And these were probably based on publishers' stock arrangements that came out at the time. They were usually arranged for 10 or 11-piece dance bands. Two trumpets, a trombone, three reeds, piano, banjo, tuba, drums, and violin. And uh, this, these bands are considerably smaller than that. They generally had a cornet, a trombone, a saxophone, piano, banjo, tuba, and drums. And so uh, the stocks were uh, utilitarian devices. They had cues in different parts for other instruments. So if you didn't have a, uh, a second trumpet or a tenor sax, then somebody else had the cues for that particular instrument. So we're hearing probably these stock arrangements, and many of the bands during the 1920s played these and uh, recorded them as well. So Prince of Wales features the first band, which will have Red Nichols, the legendary Red Nichols on cornet, Vincent Grand on trombone, probably Benny Kruger on alto and C melody saxophones, and uh, Rube Bloom on piano, Harry Reeser on banjo, Gus Hellenberg on tuba, and Harry Lottman on drums. And these are different uh, personnel than uh, sometimes is cited. The Brian Russ discography has some very different people in there. But the CD that came out of this particular band, released on Hep Records, uh, purported to have done quite a bit of research. Norman Field did the liner notes, and he said he found uh, documents from the recording company and so forth that led him to the, this personnel that I just mentioned. And and the band's band uh, was led in tandem by Benny Kruger and Harry Reeser. So that'll be for Prince of Wales from December 23rd of 1924. And then, as I said, Hot, Hot, Hot and Tot uh, comes from the next month, January 23rd of 1925. And the difference there is that Miff Mole replaces Grand on trombone. And Red Nichols and Miff Mole, of course, recorded many, many, many sides together in the 1920s. 
Then we're going to uh, hear another tune from that January date, which will feature Miff Mole. Uh, this is a tune called How Come You Do Me Like You Do, a pop tune uh, adopted by the jazz players in the early 1920s. And this features a trombone solo that came to be known as a classic trombone solo. In fact, Miff Mole recorded it in various guises several times over the course of his career. Then we're going to hear... Uh, two tunes from the next date, which was uh, on February 16th of 1925. As I said, the band got together in the studio once a month to re record two sides, two sides of a 78 RPM record. And on this one, uh, Charlie Pinelli plays trombone instead of mole, and Joe Tardo plays tuba instead of Hellebrick. And the two tunes we're going to hear are the uh, standard Everybody Loves My Baby by Spencer Williams and Jack Palmer and Jacksonville Gal by Fred Rose. So those are our tunes. Uh, the band actually recorded 20 tunes. We're only going to be hearing about 16 of them, but I picked what I thought of as the better jazz tunes. So this is the Tennessee Tudors from the very end of 1924 and the very beginning of 1925. Prince of Wales, Hot, Hot, Hot and Tot, How Come You Do Me Like You Do, Everybody Loves My Baby, and Jacksonville Gal.
These musicians were considered kind of the cream of the crop of the white dance band establishment in 1924 and 25. They were all fairly high-priced members of various uh, groups that were active in the city at the time, theater groups, uh, show bands, things like that. Uh, Red Nichols, of course, was probably the most recorded musician of the 1920s, closely followed by Miff Mole, I'd have to say, but all these other musicians were certainly part of this as well. And this, this type of group that came in and played these stock arrangements just to, you know, publicize the tunes that publishers were putting out were not uncommon at all. Mostly white groups did that, although there were some black bands that did it as well. But we think of earlier style groups like the original Indiana Five, the original Memphis Five, uh, they followed on the heels of the original Dixieland Jazz Band and were called upon to make all kinds of recordings of pop tunes and jazz tunes of the day. That was a smaller group, and uh, in the case of the uh, Memphis Five, they probably did perform together outside of the recording studios. So we started out with the Prince of Wales, a jazz classic, I'd have to say, from the 1920s by Elmer Schobel. Had some fine moments in there by Red Nichols, Vincent Grand on trombone. Also a very good piano solo by Rube Bloom, who recorded more towards the end of the decade and wrote some fine songs as well. Then we went on to Hot 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 and Tot, which had, again, a good uh, cornet solo by Red Nichols. And following that was the flip side of that recording. Uh, all of these done for Vocalion in New York, by the way. How Come You Do Me Like You Do, which was kind of a feature for um, Miff Mole, uh, playing a solo that he recreated, as I said many times. And then an alto sax solo by Benny Kruger. Some of the saxophone sounds a little deeper than an alto. It's probably a C melody, but um, that was an alto. And again, Rube Bloom taking a fine piano solo. Uh, Kruger is featured again on Everybody Loves My Baby, which comes from that February 16th, 1925 session. And uh, then the flip side of that is Jacksonville Gal, on, uh, which had a good trombone solo by Miff Mole's replacement, Charles Pinelli, who was on quite a few recording dates from that period as well. So now we're going to go on to uh, the next month, I guess you'd have to say. We're going to skip over uh, the um, March 25th date, uh, which had a couple of good tunes, those Panama Mamas and Red Hot Henry Brown, but probably a little bit less interest to the jazz uh, fan than the next tunes, which were Jimtown Blues and Kansas City Stomps, both recorded in April, April 8th of 1925. This time we have Harry Gluck on trumpet, at least that's the presumption, along with Charles Pinelli on trombone. Benny Kruger again on alto and C melody, Rube Bloom on piano, Harry Reeser on banjo, Gus Hel uh, actually Joe Tardo on uh, tuba in this case, and Harry Lottman on drums. So those two tunes, the Jimtown Blues and Kansas City Stomps. Kansas City Stomps is, of course, the Jelly Roll Morton tune. Kind of an interesting point that uh, Morton's music was being covered at this date in 1925. Then a tune that was recorded by the Fletcher Henderson Band, the Whatcha Column Blues, which was a tuned by Lucky Roberts, the piano soloist. And that will feature um, uh, some trumpet player. We don't know who, actually. It's probably not uh, Harry Gluck or Red Nichols in this case. That was recorded on June 23rd of 1925. And then, the flip side of that, the Meilenberg Joys, with saxophone solos on both. Also, Charles Pinelli taking a good trombone solo there. And another little bit of uh, Rube Bloom on piano. Very underrated piano player. Then we're going to go to... Uh, the next date, which was um, 
August 12th of 1925, and we have Miff Mole returning to the fold, probably another drummer, uh, not sure about that, and we're going to hear the James P. Johnson tune, Charleston, which suitably features a piano solo. And we're going to finish up that set with a tune called Deep Elm by Carson Robeson. And uh, this was probably in tribute to the uh, African-American section of Dallas, which was called Deep Elm. And this tune, or the name of this tune, uh, features in a number of different compositions by uh, black bands, white bands, western swing bands, and so forth. And that was done uh, on August 13th of 1925. So the band actually went back into the studio the following day and did that. And we're going to hear the flip side of that recording on our next set. So this is the Tennessee Tutors featuring quite a few people, and we're going to hear Jimtown Blues, the Kansas City Stops, Whatcha Callin' Blues, the Mylenberg Joys, Charleston, and Deep Elm.
recording quality at those Volcanion Studios in 1924 and 25 was really exceptionally good. Uh, these were still being recorded acoustically before uh, the electric system came in with microphones and so forth, and the, the definition of sound is really remarkable for that period, and uh, you can hear every part very, very clearly. Well, we started out with Jimtown Blues and the Kansas City Stops, both of those fine jazz tunes featuring Red Nickel, actually... Um, not Red Nichols, Harry Gluck on trumpet in that case, and Bernie Kruger, Benny Kruger on alto sax, and also some very good Rube Bloom throughout here on piano. As I said, he was not known as a soloist, but he certainly does yeoman work on these sides. Then we went to the Whatcha Column Blues, which uh, came from uh, the next day, June 23rd. The first one was April 8th of 1925. Unknown trumpet replaces Gluck, we're told, and he is featured on that as well as on the next side. Mylenberg Joys, the... Uh, tune co-composed by Jelly Roll Morton and the New Orleans Rhythm Kings that made quite a hit, apparently, in New York at that time. The um, uh, band, I forget which band it was, was playing at the Roseland Ballroom. Uh, it was a white band, uh, and they uh, featured this number, and Fletcher Henderson's band was appearing opposite them and wanted to know what it was, and they wouldn't tell them, and they ripped the title off, so they couldn't tell what it was. Uh, I think they called it Oil Can or something like that, so it was a while before the Henderson band could figure out the name of that tune, and uh, added it to their repertoire, which they recorded a few years later. Then after Meilenberg Joys, we went and heard a really uh, serious piano feature for Rube Bloom on Charleston, composed by James P. Johnson, one of the signature tunes of the era, and also some good saxophone, probably a C melody in that case by Benny Kruger. Then we ended up with that tune Deep Elm by Carson Robeson, uh, or actually I said Carson Robeson, Willard Robeson, I believe, was the uh, composer of that tune, again featuring some C melody sax, and that was done on August 13th of 1925. Charleston was uh, the one right before that, or the day before that, August 12th of 1925. So we're going to hear the flip side of Deep Elm right now, Sweet Man. And this is a good pop tune by uh, Maceo Pinkert and Roy Turk, recorded by uh, a number of bands from that period. And uh, a very hot tune, usually has a vocal, unfortunately not here, so they use the, uh, the extra time to add some solos in. We're going to hear, again, Rube Bloom on piano. Uh, I believe in this case it's uh, Miff Mulligan on trombone and Benny Kruger on alto sax. Then we're going to jump over to, uh, let's see, November 20th of 1925. They didn't do one in August in this case. Uh, and we're going to hear, um, who are we going to hear on this one? We're going to hear, uh, well, two tunes we're going to hear. We're going to hear the I Ain't Got Nobody Blues, which is really I Ain't Got Nobody. And then uh, Everybody Stomp. And those two tunes, as I said, were from, um, actually, the... Um, they are indeed from uh, September 15th of 1925. We haven't got to November yet, sorry about that. Earl Oliver will be playing trumpet. There's probably a second trumpet in there, and he's the soloist at least. Sammy Lewis will be the trombonist on this session. And then we go to the November 20th, 1925 session, and we're going to hear the two tunes from that. We're going to hear Hot Air, another Elmer Schobel tune, and Back Home in Illinois uh, by Getz, Stepped, and Charles. And uh, that will be an interesting uh, finale to this uh, series of recordings by the Tennessee Tutors. We're going to hear, uh, again, the unknown trumpet player. Uh, well, actually, it, it's been surmised it's Mickey Bloom who recorded a number of sessions at the time on trumpet. Miff Mole is back on trumpet. Bone, Benny Kruger on various saxophones, Rube Bloom on piano, Harry Reeser on banjo, Joe Tarto on tuba, and possibly uh, Harry Lottman on drums or an unknown. We're not sure about that.
So that'll be the final set of the Tennessee Tutors for today. We're going to hear Sweet Man, the I Ain't Got Nobody Blues, Everybody Stomp, Hot Air, and Back Home in Illinois. Thank you. 
So that is most of the total recorded repertoire of the Tennessee Tutors, a studio group that existed from December of 1924 up through November of 1925 and recorded about 20 titles, uh, of which we've heard 16 today. We started out that set with Sweet Man, a great uh, period tune that uh, doesn't get revived often enough, but uh, has a wonderful uh, lilt to it. Ethel Waters recorded uh, a great version of that. Uh, then we went on to I Ain't Got Nobody, here called the I Ain't Got Nobody Blues, and that was probably taken from an Elmer Schobel stock arrangement, we're told, and I believe it was. Then Everybody Stomp, another Elmer Schobel tune. You can tell Schobel was highly valued as a hot jazz composer doing those uh, stock arrangements and so forth. Then we heard another Elmer Schobel tune called Hot Air. All of these feature excellent solos by, uh, in this case, uh, Mickey Bloom on trumpet, uh, probably Miff Mole on trombone, Benny Krug who was not really known as a jazz player on saxophones. He was a novelty player in the style of Rudy Weedoft and a very good dance band musician, but he could play respectable jazz, as we hear here. Uh, Rube Bloom on piano, Harry Reeser on banjo, Joe Tardo on tuba, and probably Harry Lottman on drums. And we finished up with that uh, nice melodic tune, Back Home in Illinois. Uh, no vocal on that, no vocal on any of these. Clearly that was part of the mandate of this group, was to do instrumental versions of these jazz and pop tunes. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed this program. This is a band you don't hear much about because there's not a lot to be told. The Tennessee Tutors, what they did uh, is interesting in that it's a representative of the music business of that period and how publishers influenced recordings and so forth and uh, still valued jazz musicians, uh, even in the uh, white dance band community. So you've been listening to John Clark and the Jazz Focus. And if you'd like to become a member of the family, we'd love to have you. Hit that little button wherever it is on your browser and support us, uh, whether on a sustaining basis or a one-time basis. We'd uh, love to hear from you as well. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>